Hello and welcome to Super Great Kids Stories, wise tales from around the world, which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages five to a hundred and five. I'm Kim, and I love stories. Hello, Super Great Kids, and how are you? I'm happy because Story Owl has been helping me to keep putting out the stories while I'm away travelling in the country of Georgia. And we've arranged it so that you and your grown-up can now post your picture directly onto our Facebook page yourself. And Story Owl can respond directly on Facebook. Hurrah for friends! Today's story comes from Ireland. It's all about a griffin. I wonder if you know what a griffin is? A griffin is a sort of mythical or story creature which is part eagle and part lion. So, because it's a combination of one of the strongest birds and one of the toughest animals, it's super powerful and super clever. The story comes from Ireland and our storyteller is Kate Corkery. Ireland is a beautiful island nation just west of Great Britain. It's known for its green, green fields and is often known as the Emerald Isle because it's so green. Ireland is also known for its storytellers and we have lots of super great kids story fans who come from Ireland. There are no wild snakes in Ireland, but there are story griffins who can be a bit scary. This story is a teeny bit scary, but of course it has a happy ending. I wonder if you can think about how many different scary stories you know while we have a quick word with the grown-ups. Hello, super great kids. I'm back. I wonder how many scary stories you could think of. Here's just a few I could come up with. There's Water Mama and Finn McCool and the Giant's Causeway and Butterball the Troll and the Whistling Giants and, of course, all the Baba Yaga stories. I expect there's more. I wonder which you think is the scariest of the super great kids stories which you've listened to. And now... It's time for our story. So here's storyteller Kate Corkery. Fado, 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 fado. Once upon a time, a long time ago in Ireland, there was once a rich man who lived in a big house with his lovely wife and their one and only son. For a long time they were very happy. But sadly one day, his wife died. <gasps> And then, not long after, his little boy got very ill. The man was so worried and upset, he called all the doctors in the land. But no one could cure the boy. One day, a travelling man who was passing by heard about this. He pretended to be a doctor, and he called to the house, and he said he could cure the child, if only he had three things that were very hard to get. What are the three things that you need to cure my son? asked the man. Oh, he said, I'd need three feathers from the griffin's tail. Now, they must be plucked fresh out of the tail, not old ones picked off the ground. 
Mm, there's only one griffin living in these parts, over on the other side of the river, where he guards the gold of the hills and the precious treasures of the land and the green goodness of the forest. He has the body of a lion, the wings and sharp eyes of an eagle, and the face of an angry man with a long pointy feathered ears. He roars and squawks around the woods, and he's very wild and savage. But they say he has great knowledge and power. They say there is no sickness that he cannot cure. There is no mystery that he cannot solve. And there is no secret that he does not know. He flies high over the land and sees everything with his eagle eye. He remembers all he sees and knows the answer to every problem. However, he is very bad-tempered. He hates humans anywhere near him, as they are either mocking his appearance or trying to steal something from him. It is dangerous to go anywhere near him. I, for one, am not brave enough to try, but if you can get someone to go there and get those three feathers, your son can be healed. The quack doctor got paid for his advice and went on his way. The rich man sent out word that he would give a reward to anyone brave enough to meet the griffin and pick three feathers from his tail. The only one courageous enough to take up the challenge was Jack. <laughs> Jack was a poor farmer's son who felt he had nothing to lose by trying. He sent word to the big house that he would venture out in search of the feathers and hoped to be back in a few days. Off he went on his travels. He walked and walked all day. As night was falling, he called to a house at the crossroads. The family were just about to have supper. The mother invited him in and welcomed him to stay the night if he wished. Jack was delighted. And as they sat around the fire that evening, he told them the reason for his journey. Oh, be very careful of that griffin. They say he's really fierce. You'd better go to his house when he's out when only his wife is at home, I've heard she's a kind creature who would be more likely to help. And while you're there, said the mother, could you find out something for me? Of course, said Jack. What is it? As you can see, we have three healthy sons, full of life, thank God, but we also have a beautiful daughter upstairs. She no longer speaks to us. She no longer looks at us. She seems to be forever in a trance as if under a strange spell. She just sits and stares out the window day and night. We don't know how to wake her from her trance. Could you find out if the griffin could break the spell? I'll try, said Jack. As they headed off down the road in the morning, Jack turned to look up at the window where the beautiful girl was solemnly staring out at the sky. He wished he could bring a smile back to her lovely face. By midday he was getting hungry. He called into the yard of a very old farmer who was about to have a feed of potatoes and milk. Oh, you're welcome to join me, traveller, said the old farmer. We don't see many visitors around here. Where are you going? Jack told him, and the old farmer gave some warning. Avoid meeting the griffin if you can. Make your request to his wife while he's out. Uh, but if you do meet him, maybe you could ask him something from me while you're there. What do you need, said Jack? Well, I've worked hard all my life and put every penny I earned into that big iron chest over there. I was saving for my old age. 
and now that I'm old and need the money, I can't open the heavy box, for I've lost the key and can't find it anywhere. Can you ask the griffin if he knows where the key might be? I'll try, said Jack. And off he went along the road again. He kept walking until late evening, when he reached the river bank. There was no bridge over to the other side, but he saw a man rowing a small boat over and back, over and back. That's what he did all day. He rowed passengers over from one side of the river to the other. Could you row me across the river, asked Jack. I can, said the man. Jack hopped in. Where are you going? asked the ferryman. I'm off to get three feathers from the griffin's tail, and I'm told he lives in the deep woods at the other side of the river. He does, said the ferryman. Uh, you'd want to be very careful of him. He's very crafty, very dangerous. He's as strong as a lion and as powerful as an eagle. Uh, so I've heard, said Jack. So I've heard. But, but they say his wife is helpful. That may be, said the ferryman. But you'd want to be careful all the same. They say the griffin can solve any mystery he puts his mind to, and I wish I could get the solution to my problem. What's that, said Jack? Ha! Huh, I'm exhausted, forever going over and back across this river. Day and night for years I've been rowing this little boat over and back, over and back. I can't seem to stop. It's as if I'm stuck to the boat and can never get out. Could you find out the reason why I'm compelled to stay like this? I'll try, said Jack. And he got out of the boat at the other side and started to walk through the forest. It was getting late now, and the woods were dark and scary. Jack couldn't see where he was going. He felt dry leaves and twigs crackling under his feet. He felt bushes and branches brush his face. He heard owls hoot, Bats fly past him. <laughs> he heard wolves howl. <coughs> and foxes call. <coughs> he felt the rough bark and the soft moss of trees as he made his way uphill. Then he smelt the smoke coming from a chimney. He looked up and saw the lights of a castle on a cliff up ahead, and he knew he had reached his destination. Jack crouched behind a rock for quite some time. His heart was thumping as he watched and waited. Suddenly, the big iron gates swung open. And out flew the scariest creature he had ever seen. The griffin roared like a lion. And screeched like an eagle. Before taking off high into the night sky. His powerful wings flapped over Jack's head, and with a loud whoosh, the griffin flew towards the full moon over the river. Jack then sneaked up to the wooden door of the castle and knocked gently. A small roundy lady in a red shawl opened. I've come to ask help from the griffin, said Jack. Oh, he's my husband, said the lady, but he has a fierce temper, and he hates to see any strangers round the place. But um, tell me what you want from him, and maybe I'll be able to help, whatever it is. Jack told her about the sick boy who needed three feathers to get well. He told her about the girl in the trance who needed to wake up, about the old farmer who lost the key to his fortune, 
and the ferryman who could never get out of his boat. She said she would do her best to help, but Jack would have to hide quickly in the cupboard as the griffin would soon be home for his supper. Sure enough, the door burst open. In blew the enormous griffin with a huge ox in its talons. He howled like a lion. And he screeched like an eagle. I'm hungry, wife. Make a tasty supper. She straight away pulled out a big cauldron and soon she had a succulent stew bubbling over the flames of the fire while Jack hid in the cupboard. The griffin and his wife ate a hearty meal and eventually ah, they went to bed. The griffin fell asleep straight away and started to snore and whistle. But the wife stayed awake. In the middle of the night, bing, she pulled one of the feathers from his tail. Ouch! Why did you wake me up? Oh, I couldn't sleep. I was wondering why a healthy girl would be stuck in a trance without moving or speaking for months. Oh, I know of a girl over the river who has been under a spell since the day she went stealing birds' eggs, said the griffin. There's a lock of her hair still stuck in a swallow's nest in the barn. The minute that lock of hair is put into her hand, she'll be as good as ever she was. But she must learn her lesson never to steal birds' eggs again. The griffin fell back to sleep. After a while, the wife pulled a second feather. Ping! Ow! What's wrong now, said the griffin. I was wondering, um, if you lost a very precious key, the key of a chest with all your money, where would you find it? Oh, I know an old farmer who lost a key like that. He's been looking for it everywhere. If only he knew that it fell out of his pocket a few years ago and slipped down a crack in the floor of his own kitchen. <laughs> Often the thing you're searching for is right under your feet. The griffin fell asleep again. After another while, the wife pulled a third feather. Bing! What's wrong? No, why can't you let me sleep? I've been wondering eh, about that ferryman who is forever stuck in his boat, unable to get out. Oh, that foolish fellow rowing over and back, over and back across the river. If only he knew. It would be easy for him to leave if he would simply hand the oars to the next person who gets into the boat. Then they would have to stay and row and he could go free. Now will you let me get some sleep and have a night's rest without waking me up again? When the griffin went back to sleep, the wife crept out of bed and opened the cupboard. She let Jack out and gave him the three feathers. Did you hear that? Every word, said Jack. Thanks for your help. Now be on your way before he wakes up in the morning. By daybreak, Jack was back at the riverside. The boatman was there waiting for him. Did you ask the griffin about me? It's good news, said Jack. I'll tell you as soon as we get to the other side. The ferryman rowed Jack across the river. Jack got out of the boat and turned and said, all you have to do is hand the oars to the next person who gets on the boat. 
then he or she will have to stay and you can go away. <laughs> Would you like to come over again to the other side? asked the ferryman. No, thank you, said Jack. And he went on his way. He travelled on till he got to the home of the old farmer. He told him where to find the key, down a crack of his own kitchen. The farmer was so grateful that when he got to open the chest at last, he gave Jack fistfuls of money to fill his pockets. <gasps> Jack thanked him and continued on his way. When he got to the crossroads, Jack went straight to the swallow's nest in the barn. He found the girl's lock of hair, went straight into the house, placed it in her hand. The beautiful girl woke up out of her trance, smiled at Jack and danced around the garden as lively as ever she was. The family were delighted and thanked Jack for helping them and said he'd always have a welcome in their home. He looked forward to visiting them again and seeing that smile once more. Finally, Jack arrived to the big house where the rich man's little boy was so, so ill in bed. A touch from the first feather brought colour back to his cheeks. A touch from the second feather had him sitting up in bed, and a tickle from the third had him laughing and jumping around the room. The three feathers made him well again, and the father was so delighted that he offered Jack half of his lands and a fine house to go with them. Thanks to the scary but very wise griffin, they all lived happily ever after. Sometimes monsters are not evil. They're just misunderstood. Snip, snap, snout. The story is out. Oh, thanks for that story, Kate. What a brilliant tale. It was a little bit scary, wasn't it? <gasps> I don't think I'd have been brave enough to go and seek answers from the griffin. What about you? Do you think you'd have gone to see him? I wonder if you could draw a picture of a griffin, part eagle, part lion, with a long pointy face with feathered ears. Do send it in if you draw one so we can see what you came up with. It's time now for me to dig deep into my bag of happies and say some thank yous. First, I'd like to say a very big thank you to all our subscribers. You're helping us to keep making this podcast. Thanks to all our Patreon and Apple subscribers. Hello to Patreon subscribers Aaron, who is seven, and Henry, who is five, from London, who at the moment are on a road trip around Latvia. If you're an Apple subscriber and would like a mention, do let us know. If you'd like to give a one-off donation of any amount on Ko-fi or subscribe to our podcast on Patreon and get to join our Owlets Club and bonus stories, early access and ad-free, then go to our website on supergreatkidsstories.com or to subscribe on Apple and get all those benefits, including joining the Owlets Club, then go to Apple Podcasts. And thank you to Nia, who is seven, and Freddie, who is five, who sent a photo of Baba Yaga's hut, which they found in the Discovery Children's Story Centre in Stratford in London. They said, luckily, the hut didn't run away while they were playing in it. Whew, just as well, Nia and Freddie. Now, you've all been drawing and sending just splendid pictures of our stories to share on our Facebook page. 
So here's some thank yous to super great kids who've sent in pictures recently. What a marvellous picture of the Russian story Baba Yaga and Masha the Clever, drawn by Milo May, who is four from Los Angeles in California. Milo May, I love this picture with Baba Yaga right in the middle, bossing poor Masha around and making her do all the chores. I like the way too that you've given her two broomsticks to show how much work there is to do. Just lovely. Thanks very much for sending it all the way from Los Angeles. And Neve, who is seven from Brisbane in Australia, has sent a lovely picture of Baba Yaga chasing Masha through the woods because she wants to eat her. <gasps> what a great picture, Neve. Your Baba Yaga has so much energy and I like the way Masha looks scared and is running with her mouth open. And there in the distance is Baba Yaga's hut, surrounded by the skulls on sticks. Thanks very much for sending this all the way from Brisbane. And five-year-old Bio from Kailua in Hawaii has sent a very fun picture of Baba Yaga. Bio, I love the little black and white cat with pink ears and your big smile as you ride on the broomstick. Your Baba Yaga looks terrifying. Well done. I wouldn't like to bump into her in a dark woods. I wonder if you could make up a story about you and your cat rescuing Vasilisa or Masha the Clever on your broomstick. Thanks for sharing this. And five-year-old twins Thea and Seraphine from Hong Kong have sent in some lovely pictures. They're so creative and full of fun. Great writing too, Thea. I love your Nancy with his jaunty red hat and his long red tongue dipping into the bowl of hot soup. Just brilliant. And Seraphine, your picture of why the sky is far away is so cleverly done with the different colours representing the many different flavours in the sky. And the way you've got the sky looking a bit like a jigsaw puzzle with pieces missing. I wonder which flavour you'd choose. Both of these pictures are super great. Thank you very much. And what a lovely picture from Eva, who is four from Oxfordshire. I really like your drawing of the rainbow snake in his tunnel, Eva. It's full of imagination and ideas. I like the way you've given him stripes and spots and the way you filled the tunnel with light and windows so it won't be too dark for him. And by writing out the numbers to help him count the steps on his way down to the tunnel, it's a very good idea. Thank you so much for sharing this. And Rosie, who is four, from Chobham in Surrey, has drawn a beautiful picture of the Snake Sister story. I love all the little details, Rosie, like Snake Sister's hair in bunches and the beautiful dress with all the colours of the sun and sky upon it. And the little waves lapping on the beach at the bottom of the picture. It's just super great. Thank you. And Silas, from the beautiful country of Georgia, has sent us a fabulous drawing of a Nancy and the hot pepper soup. I love the way you've got a Nancy sitting at the table and the way you've put the soup with all the steam coming out of it to show how hot it is. Just lovely. Thank you, Silas. That's it for this week. If you'd like to see these pictures, they're all on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash supergreatkidsstories. And thanks to all our subscribers for making this episode possible. 
And if you're a subscriber in the Owlets Club, I hope you're enjoying the word searches, the storytelling tips and the book recommendations. Keep telling your stories and I'll see you soon. This podcast was produced at Wardour Studios in London.